American corn farmers, a proud and chosen profession inspired through generations. Tested, resilient, and committed to giving back as much as they're growing, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with every bushel, while replenishing every increasingly precious resource, like the reduction of soil loss by 40% with every acre grown. In a world where sustainability matters more than ever, we need all the help we can get. And there's no greater resource than the capable hands of American corn farmers.
Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thanks for listening to me tonight on Sunday, January 11th, 2015. Uh, this is show number eight of 2015, Boyhood and Racist Gays. So um, I'm going to talk about those things real quick tonight, another short show. But if you uh, <clears throat> have want to find out more about me, you can go to offlimitsshow.com. You can go to speaker.com and also iTunes and subscribe to the podcast there. Also on iHeartRadio. And on um, Facebook and Twitter. So feel free to find me wherever you need to to listen to the show. I appreciate it wherever you listen. Thank you. Um, so first of all, I want to talk about Boyhood. This show, this movie we watched uh, tonight, um, we rented it, rented it on um, on Apple TV. <clears throat> and uh, it's that movie, if you haven't heard about it, uh, Patricia Arquette, Ethan Hawke are in it. And it's um, it basically chronicles a boy's life. Uh, from the age of, um, I think, um, how old was he? Six uh, until he's eighteen, and so for twelve years of his life. And the thing is, it it actually takes the actors, the actual actors, Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke, and the the kid who's playing uh, the boy, which I can't remember his name right now, uh, who's a very talented actor, by the way. And everyone in the movie um, <laughs> ages as we, I mean, as, as we, as they aged in real life, um, because the film was filmed over a 12 year span from 2002 to 2014. And so, um, it's really interesting to see how they age and they change and stuff and also interweave that with the story that they're telling. Um, and it really does chronicle, um, what this boy's life was like growing up, et cetera. And it's interesting because it really does show you and remind you, um, if you are a guy, um, what it was like to be a boy and, um, and an adolescent and growing into a man and, and, and how difficult it is. And I think a lot of people don't understand, especially if you're a woman, <laughs> don't understand what it means to have to go through the things that boys go through. You know, we talk a lot about what women have to go through in society, but boys, gay, straight, whatever, um, have our own, um, mountains to, 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 to climb in terms of our emotional growth and elsewhere and otherwise, I mean, so I think it's, it's really fascinating to see this uh, story unfold and it's very interesting and very real. It's almost like you're, you're watching somebody's actual lives. Um, it's very good. And, you know, it reminds you also that life is a, um, is, filled with a bunch of, as it says in the movie moments that kind of, kind of captivate you in each of them. And so, um, one of the things they say in the movie is like, we're always trying to capture, um, the moment, but really the moments capture us as they happen because they just happen every, every moment's a new one. And so it, they said it much more eloquently than I could. <laughs> and it made more sense watching the entire film, but it's a really good film. So check it out. If you haven't seen it, boyhood, um, it's not, it's not something that's going to be like action packed or, or whatever. It's an emotional journey. The, the best kind of movie in my opinion. And it's uh, something you should definitely look at to look it at. Anyway, um, I was reading this article about, um, um, I was reading it. I can't remember where, um, I was reading this article about, um, uh, this black man who's talking about being gay and, and, uh, one of the things he, he encounters being gay, black, a black gay man is, um, how he often is, um, asked 
is it true what they say about black men? And, you know, the stereotype is that black men, all black men have huge cocks and are tops and are aggressive and all these sorts of things. And, of course, there are black men who have huge cocks and are aggressive and are tops. But there are also black men who have very tiny penises and are bottoms and are extremely effeminate. So, I mean, um, the stereotype is obviously, you know, disproven just by the existence of those types of black men. But the point of the, his book, which his, books, his book is called, Is It True What They Say About Black Men? Tales of Love, Lust, and Language Barriers on the Other Side of the World. Um, it's basically a small, a short memoir about being gay, a gay black American man living uh, elsewhere. And um, some of the sexual standards, you know, the first stereotypes uh, they have is that all black men are well endowed. Um, and, um, he was asked if he considers that question to be racist. And he said, he, he says, I don't, I don't, I don't, I do think it is a racist question. What people don't realize is that by asking, especially right out of the starting gate, by making us all about how we are in bed, they are stripping us, us of our individuality and equating us with our penises. After so many years of thinking of myself as a multidimensional human being, I realized that for many, I was merely the size of my penis in my experience that with too many non-black men ab abroad being with me has been more about satisfying their curiosity than getting to know the man behind the skin color. Most gay white men never have to deal with that. That's very true because, um, and I think I even myself have encountered that, you know, when I was younger, um, guys who were interested in the novelty of being with a biracial guy, um, not necessarily a black guy, but a, a guy who's half black and half white, because a lot of guys actually felt that way. <laughs> um, and they just were, you know, it was a one-off thing and, and that they were done or whatever. And sometimes it was just dating me for a, a, you know, a while until they were done with the curiosity or whatever. So, um, and you know, they wouldn't say that, but it was kind of obvious to me in some instances that, 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 that was the case. And instead of getting to know me for myself, they just wanted to satisfy that and so, instead of actually know who I was as a person. Um, he also says, um, he's asked, he says, I like the part of the book where you talk about how some gay guys are very quick to write off potential lovers, boyfriends, simply because of their race. For example, gay men who put on their grinder profiles, no Asians. I often hear guys argue that it's not racist. It's about personal preference. His response is really good. He says, saying I like apples better than oranges is a statement of preference. Writing no Asians in your grinder profile is not about preference. It's about exclusion, especially when you insist on putting it in writing. You aren't saying you prefer this or that. You're saying if you're Asian, don't even bother. These same people judge white guys individually and dismiss them individually. If they don't like them, they just don't respond or, or they block them. But with Asians or blacks, they're dismissing um, them collectively, making a preemptive strike against them because, well, they think they all look the same or they're all unattractive, which is basically what you're saying when you say you're not attracted to an entire race. I don't understand how people can see that problem. See the problem with this, it's discrimination, which is key to racism. And the sad thing is it's an artificial misguided distinction between Asian is as varied as white. Because the thing is, if you're thoughtful enough to make the distinction between people of various countries in Asia, you're probably thoughtful enough not to insult them by putting no Asians in your grinder profile. It's pretty much the same as putting no Europeans in your grinder profile. 
And would anyone do that? It's such an ugly distinction because Asians are no less varied than Europeans, yet some people think it's perfectly fine to lump them all into a box because of a few physical traits that fit them. Um, they then label the box Asians, do not touch, and say, sorry if you're offended, but it's just my preference. Well, you know what? Using the preference to defense doesn't make it any less racist. Um, and it's, he says, at the same time, a person can't control who they're attracted to. If, you're never, if you've never been attracted to an Asian guy or a black guy or even a white guy, that doesn't make you racist. What makes you racist is when you lack uh, of previous attraction, your lack of previous attraction guides your future interaction with them when you close yourself off from them completely. So instead of turning down an Asian guy or black guy, as most white guys would do to another white guy, because you're just not interested, you make it completely about color. How is that not racist? So I find it to be a really uh, sound argument and really very on point because, um, you know, it is true. It is racist. And people who are gay often will say, gay men will say, oh, it's not racist. I just don't, I have a personal preference or whatever. And it's, it's about the fact that personal preference is one thing, but racism is another and making it, um, excluding 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 someone is is paramount to uh, or excuse me is <laughs> sorry i can't think i'm tired um excluding someone because of their race is equatable to racism because that's part of what racism is in my opinion so um if you just don't like them you've never dated them um that's racist if you are not attracted to black guys or white guys or asian guys or whatever that's fine too. But to say and put out there, um, no, thank you. Just stay away from me. I'm not interested. Don't even bother is racist and wrong. So that's what I think about that. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, um, the, um, there's a, um, uh, looking is coming back tomorrow night on HBO or tonight rather technically. Um, and so I hope you'll check that out. It's a good show. I hope you like it. Um, it's supposed to be better this season. I talked about it in the last show, so definitely check it out and we'll see how, if it's improved or if it hasn't. Um, and we'll go from there. Other than that, that's my show for tonight. I'll be back tomorrow with show number nine. Thank you for listening. Good night. If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com.